Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So, hello, hello again. Good morning, everybody. So, this is a really great day. I mean, every day is a really great day. And okay, so we're again, we're not going to take a lot of uh, run up, a lot of chit chat here, even though I miss chit chatting with you guys a little bit. So. That actually may, that may be coming back. So stay tuned. So this morning, today, we are talking with a incredible boss lady, my favorite word, Mrs. Incredible here. She had to basically weather some storms in her life that I think a lot of us will be able to relate to, but she really just knocked it out the park. And I really, really love individuals who can sort of be alchemists and take the experiences that happen to them, the things that they sort of have to endure and turn them into strength, turn them into points of pride, pride and power. So with that, I just want to say good morning, Gladys. We, I am so happy to have you here. I am so excited to be here. I'm really excited. Like I got the little, I got the little nervous giggle going on inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear. Well, know that we, this is a a space of relaxation, space of honesty. Yeah. You are with your people here. So please feel free to introduce yourself and to jump right into your story. Yeah. uh, So I'm Gladys Camacho. I currently live in the Pacific Northwest. I've been here for about five years. You know, my journey didn't start here. You know, my journey started in the Windy City, right? Born in Chicago, right? I am. And my husband says, yes, my husband says I have that Chicago too sometimes, but that helped me. (laughs) Ari, that helped me um, to have been born in Chicago. Yes. And kind of have that that Chicago too. Move to, you know, my story began there and then transitioned over as a young child to. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where mm-hmm. I kind of then grew up and laid the foundation there, um, the Rocky Foundation that I had, you know, growing up, started there in in Milwaukee. Well, started in Chicago, but really made an impact in 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 Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Wisconsin, were you sort of going through puberty? Were you just experiencing a coming of age? Oh, you know, yes, because. Having been moved at about 10 from the only thing you knew to a new place, um, a lot of confusion, a lot yes. of confusion as a child. Then not having a parent that, well, I didn't, I grew up without a father, Ari. Um, my parents were divorced when I was about, uh, I would say five-ish, four or five. And then not having been, had a mother, because now then when my mother got divorced, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, she just threw in partially the parenting towel because that was about her and fun for her and she was more into Mm. a life of her own and so I was looking around like me and I was the youngest of six Ari the youngest of six oh my goodness wow my old older siblings were a lot of them were moved out and had left home already because Uh, of they all left very early mm -hmm. so I was like I was lost I was confused I didn't understand anyways it was very difficult uh, for Mm -hmm. me and that was kind of yes you know between 10 you know it's when everything kind of started the challenges um, 
lot of challenges, lots of what I would call self-parenting. Um, oh, my God. When you needed it, when I needed parenting, yes. I, didn't have it, I had to self-parent. And what the heck does self-parenting look like? Now I'm like, oh, wow, I did self-parent. But I didn't you have to. Yeah. It's survival. It was survival, so, right. Exactly. My mother wasn't horrible, but she didn't n- nurture and guide and lead and talk and never told me that she loved me. You oh, know, God. So I yeah. had to, you know, and... I'm sorry, I get a little emotional. No, no, absolutely. Thinking about having to, uh, you know, having to, to deal with this as a child and how mm-hmm. no child should have to go through this. But, I mean, then you come into your own, Ari, right, when you get older and then being a teen mom. Because then, oh, since I had no, no guidance, yep. I, yep. I, I had my son a month after I turned 16. Mm-hmm. So now... The parent had to parent a real child. I was yep. parenting myself, and I had to parent this baby. So that led to a whole nother, right? You know, hey, this is, and then you, I put the hat on of, you know, I would say, just do it. Just, yep. just do it. Yep. Whether it looks get, pretty get or through not. Yeah. Yep. Show up and get through it. That's right. And um, so that was the, the teen, you know, the teen, 16 mom 17 and a half living on my own oh my not knowing how to budget or pay bills because nobody taught me that of course and a right literal, you, you know? were a child truly oh my gosh yeah I had you know my own apartment and you mm-hmm. know was living off of you know a government assistance um to pay my rent and you know raise this raise this little boy um so yeah that was the very challenging at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I tell my story proudly now because there's someone who 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 understands what that's like um and who might be going through it. And so I have a heart, you know, for 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 that. But yeah, so that was that. And growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say as you transition from obviously having to self-parent and then having to be a, a parent to your little one, would you say that sort of jump-started a self-awareness you didn't have before? Would you say that having your child sort of gave you the, okay, I have to make it not just for me, but also for this little one? Because the challenges I I couldn't imagine, I mean, just being a regular adult, having a child, huge challenges. So as a child who did not receive, you know, the guidance needed, didn't have the resources, like it just, it's just incredible to me. How are you able to sort of transition from what the heck am I going to do to doing it, really doing it for you, for you and for your little one? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a certified professional coach now, but I was coaching myself back then because I had to ask oh. myself powerful questions. Yeah. And when I looked at this boy, Ari, the, 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 the pinnacle for me was when I was about 18 mm-hmm. and I looked at him. I swear to you, I swear to you, I looked at him and said, what is this boy going to think of me later on? What am I going to do? Because he cannot just, I don't want him to just say, oh, well, all right. You know, no one to look up to, no one to to say, oh, I want to be like mom. 
and, and I had to ask myself the tough questions. One of them was, what am I going to give this child that I didn't get? Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. But I was young, Ari, and I didn't know, but I was like, I need to give him what I didn't get. I didn't get a lot of things. <laughs> didn't get most things. Um, I got the basic needs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, roof over my head, food for the most part. But I wanted to give him more. Yeah. And so something inside of me was like looking at him, you know, as he was, you know, one and a half, two. Um, here I had left school. I was in high school with a little baby because there was a daycare in the mm-hmm. school, in the high school back then mm-hmm. in the 90s. Anyways, and I just said, what am I going to do? And I said, okay, I have to do something. Get yourself back in school. And do something with your life, Gladys, because you do not want to be a statistic. I know now that back then I didn't want to be a statistic, right? Teen mom, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the statistic is. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. didn't want that. I just didn't want that. And I say now, I wasn't hungry for a difference and for a difference for my son. I was ugly hungry. Mm -hmm. Ugly hungry. Mm -hmm. I was ugly hungry. (laughs) So I went back to school. And then I got a job Mm -hmm. and I started my career with that in mind, that my children, because then I had more, my children will one day say, I'm proud of you and who you've become. Which I 100% am sure they're saying that today. Their mom, I mean, truly, I mean, and also the unique challenge of, Entering the corporate world as a woman, mm. as mm. a person of color, oh, yes. as, a, as a person who isn't necessarily in the usual circles. I couldn't, how, what was that experience like? Was that a bit of a culture shock or was that, you know, what was that like? I, I didn't understand, Ari, when I went into corporate and I was working in the recruiting HR field and no one looked like me. No one looked like me. Mm-hmm. So I had to straighten my hair so I can look like them. So oh I always had gosh. straight hair. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, I had straight hair in my mm-hmm. career because I need to look like them because no one looked like me. Mm-hmm. And I had to make my voice louder to overcompensate that people weren't listening to me <gasps> because I was the da da da, right? Da da da. No way. So oh my I gosh. I was always in that you know, so that was, and now I teach women on, you know, and, and, and people about confidence, but my confidence wasn't a confidence that came from within. It was a loud confidence, you know, boisterous. It wasn't a professional confidence because no one was listening to me. Yeah. And so that was hard. One time I saw a LinkedIn post that said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yes, Absolutely. And when I saw that, I'm like, no matter what I go through in this room, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go through it. And I went through it. Oh, oh man. I bet. I bet. I got treated so poorly. I wasn't, there was so much, and I had to endure a lot in corporate and in my career and lots of tears, lots of agony, lots of, lots of, lots of pain, but I knew why I was doing it. I had the ugly hungry for it. And I went, I just had to tell myself, this too shall pass. This is going to pass. This isn't going to last forever. And yep. that's how I've lived my life. This right now, what's happening right now, isn't mm-hmm. going to last forever. It just mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. And I had to 
go through it. So tell me, how did, for those of us who obviously you went through it, like I, I already know it, what was, and you said you were coaching yourself, were there any sort of habits that you would use to help keep you in the mindset? Did you have sort of like journaling what, or, you know, was it just, you know, keeping your goals in mind, knowing exactly what you wanted in your moments where you're like, this is just horrible. This is horrible. The tears are coming. I feel so overwhelmed. What, how did you get yourself back on track? The awareness and the biggest question, and I ask this to people all the time is what is your why? If you don't know your why, even as a leader, right, working in in leadership and management, if people don't understand the why, they're not motivated to go there. Mm -hmm. And what was my why? I had a why. Um, It was either my children or it was I wanted a career. I wanted I wanted to grow and learn as a person. I, I my why was I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be like how, you know, in, in the way I was raised, I didn't want that so much. I'm like, it's like that mother bear. You just have this thing that just, just wants to come out. And I let it come out. Um, and it was, what is my why? Mm-hmm. And I knew why, because I didn't want to happen to my children, what happened to me. And I wanted more. And knowing that, you know, I grew up, you know, in poverty and mm-hmm. with, with, you know, uh, lack of parenting and, you know, lack of, of any education and lack of all these things. Like I didn't want that. So it's okay. Leave that in the back burner, go on the front burner and drive. And that was really is asking my why I know why. Cause I didn't want that. Wow. And that is so powerful. That is a truly tapping into your internal resilience to get through it. Yeah. Oh no, I can see that you are feeling all the feelings and we are feeling it too. It To understand like what you really had to, uh, like you say, endure to get to where you are today. The enduring is just, it takes a lot out of you. How are you able to recharge? How are you able to come back to yourself as well? Because you are clearly taking care of your your child. You're taking care of, you know, your work in the corporate world. You're coaching. How do you take care of yourself in the midst of all this? Yeah, I, I'm a Christian. I serve my higher power, right? Mm-hmm. My, my higher power. Mm-hmm. And I spend time in that devotion and in that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've, yes. also, I've also learned... To accept whatever emotion I'm going through at the moment. Ari, a lot of people are like, well, no, you know, when people cry, what's the first thing most people say is, oh, oh don't, cry. Okay. don't cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I'm like, cry. Yeah. Cry, laugh, scream, whatever. Do it. It's okay in the moment to feel this way. And I tell my husband that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm crying, I'm emotional, and that's okay. Yeah. And so living yeah. in that space of being in tune to what you're feeling, because most people don't know what they're feeling. So I use the feeling wheel all the time because mm-hmm. we don't really know what we're feeling. What the are you feeling? feeling? Wheel. Allow your, yeah. There's an actual wheel. I'm telling you, I go through this with clients all the time. Most people mm-hmm. say, I don't even know what I'm feeling, Gladys, right? You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. Okay, here, let's 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 dig deeper because when I coach, I coach the who. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't coach the what because mm-hmm. the who gets you to your what. Right, so we go course. through the feeling wheel and it starts with one feeling and then it expands and then it actually gets to the core of what you're really feeling, right? Oh my gosh, um, that is so incredible. I love yeah, it. Yeah. This has allowed me to be in touch with what am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And I've allowed myself to, when you ask the question, you know, how do I t- take care of myself and recharge I, I take I take the time. I, I do journal. I journal with stickers. I journal. I journal in a very yes. childlike way. But Ari, ask yourself, Gladys, why do you journal in a childlike way? Because I was you didn't get to child. be a child. Yes. <laughs> you didn't get to be a child. People think it's strange when I talk to normal people and they're like, oh, stick, no. stickers on you don't get it. For yeah. me, put stickers on my feelings and my emotions and and I have you know, my, my book here with, with my stickers, right. You know, like I, I actually, this is how coping for me and, and dealing with right now, even when I, you know, I'm not perfect. I go through, through it sometimes, but just, you know, it's, it's, it's the meditating with my higher power. It's doing the stickers, journaling, honoring your inner child. Honoring my inner child, mm-hmm. honoring, exactly. Not trying to just put it away because yeah. I did put it away. So yeah, those are, you know, some of the things. Another thing that I do, Ari, that has has really, a lot of people don't understand is, you know how a lot of people say, well, just take it one day at a time. Yeah. That was too much for me. Mm-hmm. I take it one hour at a time. Oh, I so like I look at the that. Time. I like I'll that. I'll look at the time. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning, for example. And then mm-hmm. I'll look at the time again and let's say it's 11. I'm like, okay, I made it another hour. Yeah. Oh, I love a that, day? especially for the people who get easily. You're exactly right. People are like a day. That's so much. There's so much between now and going to sleep. How do what what? How do I organize that? But one hour, you one can hour. Just look, you can look at the hour. You can figure out what you're going to do in the next hour. Yeah. One hour. And I've made it another hour. Good for you, Gladys. All right. Got this. And then one more hour because. You know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yes. You conquer the day one hour at a time. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I mean, I love that for me, for my ADHD girlies out there who I'm sure heard that. And were like, wow. I don't know why that's so difficult for, for some of us to really get it down to, okay, it's not a huge bite. Just you know, take a, li- a little bit at a time. Don't choke on it. It's so yes. hard for us to do that because it, you know, you become paralyzed almost by the things that you have to do in a day, but just taking it hour by hour. I love that, Gladys. Practice. And also practice. And then the the self-acceptance, accepting yourself, accepting your emotions and not feeling like because I, I exactly you're exactly right. The first thing people say is don't cry and like this is yeah. you shouldn't feel this way and um yeah. you know you should be happy as if happy is like a constant state that you're in instead of like sort of a state of being you sort of come into, you know, you you're comfortable, you're happy, you're safe. All mm-hmm. of these are transitioning feelings, very transitory. Um Oh my gosh. I just have, I've loved this conversation. And every time I have these conversations, I'm like, we, there's so much more we could talk about. But before we wrap up, is there yeah. anything that you'd like to leave with the audience? You know, just understanding that 
it takes us years when we're in a situation that isn't good for us, it's negative. It's going to take us a long time to get out. And just having the understanding that things don't happen overnight and that in the next hour, you're going to have a different emotion and then the next hour, you're going to have a different emotion and then that's okay. And being aware of that, accepting that and communicating that with the people around you, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, so this important. is what I'm feeling so and it's okay. Right. Because you have to tell them that it's okay because they don't understand right. it's okay. So it's like, Hey, you know, my son, 31 years old now, right? Pastor, kids, he's wonderful. Aww. He's great. He oh, is he's my inspiration. Still to this day, 31 years later, my inspiration, it's like, I'll tell him and he'll Aww. tell me. And we'll talk about our feelings and emotions because we have to be in touch with that. So just yes, be okay with where you are at that moment because in an hour, it might change. <sighs> I Comforting. Comforting. It really is, especially for the when you do get in those moments, it can feel as if the possibility just stretches on forever. You know what I mean? I'm I'm going to feel like this forever. I'm this is never going to work or, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. But it's if you stop thinking in those, you know, terms of infinity, if you just take Mm -hmm. it, you know, you you will just give it some time. A hundred percent. Yeah. And now, now I get to help people with that, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm a confidence, fearless coach. I, I work with people on an individual basis to, mm-hmm. to figure out their who in their career because I had to manage it, especially people of color. And I love that. That is my passion. That is what I, this is what I live, breathe, do right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, I'm here to help those that, that need to just kind of process some of these things in awesome. a forward action way, yes. not backwards way. Yes. Uh, you, you guys, I, I know you're hearing that fire behind the, <laughs> behind the mic there. So anybody who's interested in Gladys, in her coaching services and just mm-hmm. learning about more about her, please check out the episode description. That's where I'm going to have all of Gladys's information. Check her out. You've, you've heard her story. You've heard the origin story of this super, super woman. So, you know, if who better to teach you how to, mm. you know, work your way out of these supposedly in incredibly dark places than somebody who's been there themselves, somebody who has pulled themselves out. Gladys, I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on today. This was such an, such a uh, filling conversation. Mm. And I, I just love how it it, it 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 seems like an oxymoron, but talking about the the you know quote unquote bad parts of of life can really be so cathartic and so good to mm-hmm. connect mm-hmm. with others who are going through the same thing and just being so inspired by them, being so inspired by the resilience, by the strength, overcoming this bad thing. This bad thing did not define your life. And I think that that's incredible. So thank you again, Gladys. I so appreciate having you on. Thank you. I'm blessed to have met you. And I'm really glad that that you're doing this and that we can do this together and partner up. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You are so, so welcome. So touching. And to everyone else, again, another powerhouse episode. To me, every one of these conversations are unique in that all of the situations may be different, but the core of understanding who you are, accepting yourself, your why, connecting with that and holding on to that to get through the darkness 
it seems to be a very uh, common theme. So just think about that next time that just think about getting through one hour, you know, and it's okay if that one hour you're crying the whole hour, that's fine. That's okay. That's, it's actually very, it feels very good sometimes, you know, but be okay with that. Be okay with who you are and where you are. So with all of that, everybody, you, you guys already know, I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. (laughs) 